I'm a divorced single dad, father of five kids. It can be tough raising kids today. Believe me, there are high times and low times. It comes with the territory. But in all my years of parenting, I try to give some good advice. Advice for those parents who are out there willing to listen. My name is Price Man Ray, and welcome to my show. Today I'm going to be talking about basic teachings. But first, I want to congratulate all the new parents out there. Boy, are you in for the time of your life. This is an exciting time and a great adventure, so cherish every moment. Now, on with the show. So that's right, today we're going to be talking about basic teachings. And what exactly are basic teachings? I guess basic teachings are just basic things that your child should know. I mean, we all assume when you're born, maybe magically, (laughs) they may automatically get these basic teachings, but it's not true. You you as a parent, as a new parent or an older parent or a parent-to-be, have to teach your child some basic, basic things. I'll give you an example. You want to teach your kids to help in each possible scenario. I'm going to give you an example. When my youngest son, he was very little, very good kid, very kind and sweet, just had a really good heart and soul. I remember I was at the sink washing dishes. I was by myself. He was in the other room. But then he came up and actually started helping me. I didn't ask him to do it. But because of his kindness, something in him just said, I'm going to help dad. I always look back and say, what did I do? to instill that in him, or did he already have it in him? But I think we all instill certain things in our children, whether we help them when they're in trouble, for example, if they're riding a bicycle and they fall off and you run over to help them up. They appreciate that. They're learning. They're learning these basic, basic things, and they're learning them from you, you being the parent, you being the one they love. You're a great teacher, and you will be teaching your child for a very long, long time. And because you're teaching them, they're going to rely on you. They're going to look to you for answers, look to you for guidance. Teach your kid help in each possible scenario. Whether somebody needs a helping hand, whether somebody falls, whether somebody needs help with their homework, whether somebody just needs an ear to listen to. They're helping. You know what else is good? If you can teach your child first aid. First aid is very important. You never know when somebody can be choking on food. And I remember when I was a kid, I was taught first aid. The Heimlich Maneuver, which is when somebody's choking, You stand behind them. And there's a certain procedure. I'm not going to say what it is over the radio because you actually have to see what's going on. But although I never, ever had to use it, thank goodness, this Heimlich maneuver has saved many, many people's lives. Somebody helped somebody in times of danger. Somebody helped them when they needed it. Somebody helped them when they were choking. And because of that, somebody's life was saved. Saved by first aid. If somebody sprains an ankle, 
your child probably knows, oh, it hurts very bad. But you can teach your child how to wrap it up with an ace bandage. If somebody gets a cut, teach your child. You want to wash it off. If you can find some alcohol, hydrogen peroxide or something, clean it out. Put a band-aid on it, keep it clean. Basic first aid. We all know if you get hit in the head, you might suffer from a concussion. So you want to relax. You don't want to move the person. You want to seek medical attention. Teach your child this. If you burn yourself, first aid. There's so much basic stuff we can learn. We can teach our children when they're young. And kids are willing to learn out there. Kids are never going to say, I don't want to learn this. Kids want to be helpful. Kids want to help because kids have good hearts. Kids are innocent. And you're that teacher. You want to teach your child, if you live in a house, how to turn off utilities, especially in the case of a flood. If your house is flooding, your basement's flooding, you want to know where that off knob is. That off knob is very important. That's the difference between a flood and a non-flood. And you just want basic things too. For example, when you leave a room, you want to turn the light off. Save that electricity. Basic stuff, turn off utilities. If you cook something, tell your child, turn off the stove. Or if they see the stove on and nothing's there, turn it off. Lights, gas, electric, water. These are important things. I remember years and years ago, on Halloween. Living in New England, Massachusetts, the weather can be unpredictable, but we definitely have snow and we definitely have ice blizzards and ice storms. Well, we had an ice storm and during this ice storm, it was terrible. It was unbelievable. The power was out all over the city and then some. We never really planned for a power outage. But when you are faced with a power outage, then you know there are things you have to do. I remember our basement got flooded. And I was a grown adult. I didn't even know how to turn the water to the whole house off. It took us all by storm. And there was a storm, an ice storm. But thank goodness we had a fireplace because there was plenty of trees that were down and I chopped down a lot of limbs and burnt them in the fireplace, blocked off a room so we had heat. It was a little bit of a tough time for my kids, but my mom, who lived a few towns over, my mom and dad, my kids stayed with them because their power didn't go out. So they had heat, hot water, electricity. I'm going to tell you a little story, too, when that happened. I think... Uh, when that happened, my family got a lot closer, me, me and my children. We were sitting by the fireplace. We were making hot dogs and hamburgers in the fireplace, our supper. 
We made s'mores. It was snowy and icy outside, so we kept all of our food in a big snowbank. So everything was kept very cold. And we became very close, I thought. Very close. We talked. We spent time together. But here's the thing. When the electricity came back on, everybody scattered back to their phones and their computers and their TV. That, that stung. That sort of hurt. I realized then and there, technology's sort of getting in the way of my family time. And I tried to explain to my children, listen, we, we got to put limits on this stuff. We tried to work it out. So we compromised. But that's a little story when we had the power outage. And power outages can be devastating. Because a lot of people who had not planned for the power outage did not know what to do. They were at a loss, not only for words, but as for what to exactly do. Anyways, the other thing, the other basic things you want to teach your kid is decide what appliances are allowed. I mean, you don't want your four-year-old son or daughter or child using a power drill. Bottom line is they could hurt themselves. You don't want your son, daughter, or child, I'm just going to say child, you don't want your child using an electric blender because they may put their hand in it and hurt themselves. We as parents, we don't want to see our children get hurt. That is that is the last thing we ever want to do is see our child who we love be in pain, be hurt, be sad, be frustrated. Because we're there as parents to love them, to teach them, to give them that support, that moral support, that special support, to tell them, yes, I'm teaching you this, and you will learn responsibility. But there's a lot of appliances out there that can hurt a child, like an iron. You know, when you iron your clothes. Well, that's, I mean, if you iron your clothes. A lot of people just wash their clothes, they dry their clothes, and somehow, I, I, I have never mastered this. But people, I, I guess they shake the clothes when they come out of the dryer, and there's no wrinkles. As for me, I suppose I'm old school. I like to take my clothes and iron them. Iron all the wrinkles out. That's just something I love to do. I'm a hands-on person. But that's me. To be honest with you, I don't think my children really iron their clothes. <laughs> I guess they know the magic of the dryer. But then again, I never grew up with a dryer. That, that's something I got when I was older. Something else you want to teach your child? You want to tell them what to do when the phone rings. Listen, you know, when you answer a phone, when I was growing up, you answer the phone, and the first thing you say, you don't wait like 20 seconds. The first thing you say is, hello? Thank you for calling the Rays Residence. How can I help you? Or hello, my name is Price. How can I help you and who are you looking for? I mean, this is just basic phone etiquette. I see some of these people nowadays 
when the phone rings, they just sit on the other end. I don't know what they're waiting for because the other person's waiting for them to respond. They're the ones who called. You need to respond by saying hello. So you acknowledge the person on the other line. I guess there's just some basic things people do not teach nowadays. But I'll be, t- I'll be honest with you. Phone etiquette is a very big thing with me. You have to know how to talk on the phone to somebody. Phone etiquette. You have to know what to do when the phone rings. Besides answer it. I mean, you just don't look at the phone and say, hey, I'm just going to watch the phone. But then again, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about landlines. Whereas people nowadays have uh, cell phones. And I, I have a cell phone. My mom has a landline. But I guess the principle still applies when you answer a phone. You just have phone etiquette. Hello, how are you? How can I help you? My name is Price Ray. Thank you for calling the Ray's residence. Thank you. Hello. I mean, these are just basic things. Basic things you want to teach your child because your child really is not going to know any of this stuff unless you actually teach them. You actually sit down and say, hey, this is what you do in this situation. This is how you handle your business. And I always say, I love you. I tell you this because I love you. (laughs) Kids love to hear, I love you. I don't think kids hear that enough nowadays. Kids really need to hear the word, I love you. Three words, simple three words that can change a child's life. I love you. I love you. I love you. You got to tell your kids that. Make sure they don't forget it because one day you may not be around and they're going to say, hey. Did my parent love me? Of course they did. You know why? Because he wouldn't stop saying, I love you. (laughs) That's right. I love you. Those special words. Anyways, more more basic rules is you want to lay ground rules for having people over. Because your kids are going to get older. And they're going to want to have parties and sleepovers. And ground rules means... These are your ground rules. I mean, you can't go by my ground rules. Because to be honest with you, I don't think I let my kids have a lot of people over. I was always paranoid. Paranoid, paranoid. I don't want somebody getting hurt or something. I don't want any drama. But if you let your child have people over, whether it's a sleepover or a guest, you got to set ground rules. No alcohol. That's a big one. No smoking. If, if if you don't smoke, why would you have your kids smoke? I guess the big thing now is vaping. A lot of kids do this vaping thing. No vaping. No vaping at my house. No drugs. I mean, if you're a parent, you want to instill these things in your child. I mean, do you want your kid doing drugs? Do you want your child being addicted to nicotine and cigarette smoke? Come on, really? You want your child to have an addiction. That's not good. If you do. But I mean, you're good parents out there. so And you're good parents to be. So, of course. I mean, I'm just over overstepping. I'm, I'm, I'm just going off on a scenario. But the bottom line is, you, you guys are great parents. So, I'm sure you're not going to say, hey, I want you kids to do this or to do that. Which is against my, my moral, ethical judgment. You, you're going to be great. But these are just basic rules. 
Another one is, tell them what to do with the doorbell rings. I mean, you always got to tell your kids safety first, you know? So if the doorbell rings, could be a stranger there. If you're home alone, what do you do? You have to tell your child what you feel they should do. If it's somebody you do know, if it's a family member, if it's solicitors, I mean, they need to know what to do in each scenario. They aren't going to know unless you actually tell them. You have to be the one to sit there and tell them what to do. Because these are basic teachings. Basic teachings for your child. You know, the first aid. You know, even if you have a fire safety plan when the house burns, you got to have a place to meet up. When I was growing up, my parents taught me if we had a fire, you meet across the street at our neighbor's steps. That's where we're going to be. And you know what? Our house did was on fire when I was in high school. A neighbor came and picked me up. So some of those plans did change, but we had a safety plan. We had telephones too. Tell you, going through a house fire, you know, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. You lose so much. I like to say it can make you stronger, but I don't know. It makes you realize that you can have a lot of precious things and you can lose them, so you gotta figure out what's really valuable. But I just wanted to tell everybody here today what we were talking about was basic teachings to your child, the child you love. And now, it's story time. When John was a child, he had no idea all of the things that he was going to learn in life. Although he couldn't remember everything. There was a time in his life when he first began to crawl. I mean, like every child. You're born, then you crawl. Then after, you begin to walk and then run. But there are many other things in life that he had to learn. Things that would not come very easy. You see, he needed someone to actually teach him the special things in life. Someone taught him how to talk. Another person taught him how to be kind and polite. A stranger taught him how to fish. And yes, there were so many teachers in his life that taught him so many different things. When John got older, he never forgot all the people who nurtured him as he was growing up. So it was a no-brainer when he decided to dedicate his life to the one thing that made a difference to him. He became a teacher. Now, even though he went to school for this, you can also be a teacher. Because whether you know it or not, you have taught someone without even knowing it. You have taught someone friendship. You have taught someone love. You have taught someone kindness. Believe me when I say this to you. You are a teacher. You are a John. I want to thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new podcast comes out. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your family and friends. I hope you leave with something positive. I will see you next time here. And remember this one last bit of advice. Tomorrow is never promised, so don't go to bed angry at your child or anyone you love. And before you go to bed tonight, hug your child and tell them, I will love you forever, Dad. See you next time here on Forever Dad.